welcome everybody to episode 32 just getting my board excuse me try not to smudge it am i in frame yeah at home with the fishers starring nicola and chris fisher rpt and our special guest today is stephen of stephen's eight by six workshop Woo! so welcome stephen it's great to finally have you on um so we shall look forward to chatting with you tonight and you put that down. it's great to be here so uh yes stephen obviously we've known uh of you for quite a while now uh and we've had some uh encounters some of it you know often too brief because you know i've been at shows and you've been at shows and we've been like ships passing in the night but nicola always say oh i've seen stephen down there and he's just said hi and how how are you doing so but it was great to have a bit more of a a, a longer chat with you at harrogate so that was cool wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. uh so well yes. i know quite a lot about stephen i bet you do yeah oh uh, hey oh hey what's going on <laughs> Oh, she's been doing a research, Steve. So oh, he helped me. He sent me a load of stuff. Oh, right. Well, that's cool. Oh, well, that's good because that just makes it uh, uh, better if you know you, you get it straight from the horse's mouth, as yeah, it were. Yeah. So anyway, who's uh, who's hanging around tonight? So um, good evening, everybody. Um, looks like we've got 11 people um, watching at the moment. Good evening, everybody. So we've got the Flaming Turner. Hi, Nick. T plus G making, Wayne the Wood Turner, uh, Stace May. Oh, hello. Um, who else have we got? Uh, Andy Pugh. Good evening. Uh, Christine and Michael Hesseltine. Hey up. Uh, Blue Light Turner creating shaving since 2016. Hi, Scott. Uh, who else have we got? David McLernan Wood Turning Crafts. Hi, Dave. Uh, Debbie Beardall, Leona Fay. So I think that's everybody. So good evening, everybody. Uh, a couple of people are saying they've not had a notification. So I don't know what happened there. Um, I've done the usual thing. So mm. hopefully. That's interesting because um, I got a notification on my phone. Yeah, yeah, mm. it popped up on here as well, but might just be one of those things. Yeah, a glitch. So, um, well, let's start with Stephen then. Well, yeah, we always start with our special guest. So, uh, yeah, let's let's see what uh, you've got to say. Do you know that Stephen lived in Australia? I didn't know that. Yeah, he lived in Australia um, until the age of seven, um, and then he came back to the UK um and um it was just to get, get you into a good school and get you a, a an english education i believe um he's done an awful well, lot that's of... that... go on no you're okay you carry on you did okay <laughs> it feels like feels like this is your life what you've done. Um, so yeah, um, Stephen was interested in music from an early age, and at 13 he played bagpipes with a variety of bands, and he toured with the Blackpool Caledonian Pipe Band. Now I did know that he played the bagpipes. You did know that, yeah. 
in the late 70s. Mm. Um, he collects and plays all different types of pipes. Um, and one of his ambitions is to make his own set of bagpipes on the lathe. Yeah, I'd heard that as yeah. well. Um, he's played guitar, bass, ukulele, and by the Panama Hat Band, uh, formed by a friend to give people with learning disabilities an opportunity to perform for a few years. Wonderful. Um, he's done a variety of jobs. Um, he's built a computer from a kit. It's a Sinclair ZX81. Mm. Remember those? I flipping do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that sparked an interest in electronics and computing. Um, he's had a career as a contract programmer um, and done been a systems analyst, a teacher, and an IT manager. Um, and then in 2001, he um, changed direction completely. Um, and um, he's also, he had a childhood passion for origami and he started demonstrating and teaching the art at schools, colleges and we universities. definitely know that fact. We do know that. And we still have uh, <laughs> some of your origami as well that you've given us at various... Um, well, make well, events. Yeah, he's origa had. origami sticker card type thing. Yeah, yeah. That's on my uh, sticker board. Yeah. I felt that the other day, actually. Yeah. Mm. And he was trying to bag um, all of the Lancashire Women's Institutes, but he only managed 147 of them. Slacker. I can't believe that there are 147 <laughs> WIs just in Lancashire. Yeah, there's a lot more now as well. They're, uh, they're making all new... Um, what do you call them branches chapters uh, yeah. meetings yeah i think i think they're nearly pushing 160 uh, in lancashire alone yeah. so um so i'd never have a chance now would i that's amazing i can't believe there are so many um so right well let's um let's talk a bit more about um making and then i'll go back to some of the things that you've done especially your workshop which is very unique well, it's famous it's, for its diminutive stature yeah and oh. i remember watching that video of your workshop and all the things that you've got in there and how you've laid it out so cleverly it's oh. it's amazing that was a really impressive video to watch yeah it's very, um, very clever yeah oh. So our first question is, Stephen, why do you make? Because I have to. Um, I see an idea and if I don't follow it up, it just rattles around in my head for forever. You know, like when you have a, a song that you get stuck in your head and you can't get rid of it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing. I just have to cogitate on it and, and and make it otherwise i can't i can't let it go you know something will form and it'll build up and i'll work on it um for a week or two or even a month or two and in the end i've just got to go and do it otherwise um i can't get it out of my head and i just have to make it Mm. So, and I absolutely love making things and it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's wood or metal or plastic or even paper, um, I just like being creative. Mm. 
so what what does it give to you being creative why why is it so important to you i think it is so easy in this world to be destructive and but it's harder to be creative and to make things i think as well i like um oh how can i explain it really um putting smiles on faces there's not enough of that mm. um you know you say good morning to someone say what's good about it you know mm. but um it's it's delivering smiles as i like to call it and um it's just generally being creative i think mm. it's in it's like diarrhea it's in your genes you know you've just got to do it <laughs> Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, I, well, I think it is. I think you know all the people we have on. They they say very similar things. It's sort of a compulsion, and it's it's good for their mental health. And um, it's that. Well, for me, I like having something that I've made. You know, at the end of it, you've you've put something together, and you've got a result and um, something to take away as well um i think that's that's true yeah yeah it's it's and you think well i did that you know and um you've you've sort of created something out of nothing um very satisfying yeah 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 mm. and it's i don't know it's, it is a lot of fun i've i bought um a pyrography kit uh, well a machine um at harrogate because i'd sort of i dabbled a bit before but um had a machine that only had one setting on it um and i, I did a bit whilst we were there mm. and that was just like just sitting there i felt like i was about seven and you know just <laughs> doing this pyro and it was really satisfying and it sort of it does take you back to that kind of feeling that you had when you were at school and you just sat there and you just making stuff out of egg boxes you know and, what the word is well fun yeah yeah i suppose it that's is. it yeah it's fun yeah, yeah yeah but i i loved it it's just yeah. just letting go it's just letting go and being creative you know i think i think that's um that's what we're here to do just be creative and enjoy and make yeah and i feel sorry actually for um the younger generation now, I mean, back in the day when I was at school, we did woodwork and metalwork and technical drawing and, you know, engineering drawing and drama and uh, practical hands-on. But um, those are not in the curriculum now. So it's very difficult for the younger generation, really, to experience these things. Mm. Um, again, you know, I mean, when I was young, we had... Um, you know, old Bob down the road who had a lathe, you know, you go down and visit him and watch him turn things. But that sort of disappeared now because social media is is on the internet now. Yeah. So I think a lot of makers, it's very important that um, makers can be on YouTube because it gives the younger generation a chance to actually see what uh, what's, what's going on with a bit of wood or a bit of metal or, you know, or stitching leather. It gives them um, an opportunity to experience these things and hopefully um, encourage them to have a go as well. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, th I think it's true. When if you look at the demographic of the audience at Harrogate, it's sort of definitely, you know, the older end of the scale. Um, there was we had Nathan Kane, didn't we? He's how old is he? About sixteen, mm. um, and he's making. Um, and those opposite us on, I think, West Riding, Wood Turners. All right. There was a younger guy on there, but um, it it was sort of few and far between, really. It was definitely, you know, the older generation. Yeah, that yeah I there. heard a few. Yeah, I did hear a few younger voices, but not many. Uh, and the voices I did hear really were mainly on the Sunday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Friday they were at school, and Saturday they're probably mucking about and whatever but Sunday yeah a few kids were around but yeah I, I, it's always makes you smile when when you hear like Caitlin you know you know she was there as well yeah, she came yeah you know you've got these young kids I miss Caitlin yeah I saw her briefly I don't know did you speak to her I can't remember no. I don't think so yeah I saw her briefly um but I didn't speak to her but she was she was there as well with her mum and dad I think yeah, but it is great when you hear of the youngsters that are beginning to, like Nick Zamati's son as well, yeah, his own channel. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we need more kids coming through, uh, having fun making stuff, you know, uh, whether or not they're doing it solo with, you know, mm. support or uh, they're doing it, you know, with mum and dad, and you know, like Harry as well with his dad. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're coming through, but... Uh, yeah, it's a shame that all that's been taken away from mm. schools, mm. you know, because we've got such yeah. a great tradition and heritage of engineering and artistic and mm. architectural, you know, skill and, and, and uh, craftsmanship. And I've said this before, you know, yeah. a lot of a lot a lot of people aren't academic, but you know, you give them something yeah. uh, to build with their hands, and you know, the the like genius level. Mm. Someone yeah. just asked, um, David McLernan, yes, it is Peter Childs. I got it from Bob Neal. Um, he was at the stand opposite us, and I had a bit of a go uh, before I bought it. Yeah, I had a feel of it this morning when we had breakfast, and it does feel like a nice bit of kit. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, don't let me anywhere near it. No. Burn the house down. <laughs> so... Um, Tell us a bit about what the maker community has given you. Oh, I think it's it's given me uh, enthusiasm, excitement, uh, and friendship as well. Because um, and being able to communicate and share ideas, sort of like in real time. You know, before the internet, if you had an idea, you'd, you'd sort of sketch it out, send it off, it'd be published in a magazine, mm -hmm. um, and then someone would develop it, and it would get published in the magazine. Um, so so developing an idea, sort of crowd crowdsourcing an idea, uh, before the internet could take weeks or months or even a year or two, but now all that can actually be done overnight. Yeah. You can put an idea up on, on social media like Facebook or Instagram and within minutes you've got people contributing in and suggesting things and, mm. and developing it. So so I think the um, what we've got now with the social media, we can do things faster 
Um, and I, I really like getting involved with that, you know, being being in the masses of the makers. And um, it's, it's just the camaraderie and the friendship. You know, at Harrogate, I've bumped into a lot of people that I saw at Makers Central mm. and, and just carried on the conversation with them as though it was just like a week ago, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's the friendship as well, yeah. yeah. Are, are you so, happy that it's been announced that Makers uh, 2020, Makers Central 2020 has been announced and are you going? Uh, yes and yes. Um, <laughs> just try and stop me. Uh, it's I think because it's um, like the previous Maker Centrals really have sort of been based around the YouTube community, mm. but I, I do think it's expanding out now, isn't it, into mm. other disciplines and and people are coming that are not necessarily on YouTube, but. Um, are on the internet in in some form so it's it's growing it is growing mm. i don't know whether uh, whether nick zametti will be able to put the lid on this um now the the genie's out of the bottle so to speak yeah. you know so um i like it's a brilliant idea and also at, at places like mecca central you do tend to get the younger generation involved as well yeah yeah well, Sophie did some stuff, and there was mm. another guy with her, and I, I know his face, and he was there at Harrogate, but I, I can't remember what he's called. Um, he sort of has, he's got a beard, and then he has a bit of red through his hair, um, but he did a lot with Sophie last year as well. They sort of were doing all the kids' stuff, and um that was mega busy wasn't it yeah there were lots of kids they were yeah. opposite us um last year but yeah it's it is a different different audience altogether probably a lot of the people that were at harrogate won't be at maker central but there'll be that core of people no. you know who'll go to maker central um but yeah it's it's interesting sort of how the diff the audience is a little bit different mm. But yeah, it's, uh, it's. I think also, yeah. At, at Maker Central, you've got um, the younger generation that are getting involved because of uh, tech. You know, with like 3D printing or, or CNC programming or even programming Arduinos to do different things. You know, so it's, it's, it's a wider spectrum, really, I think. Um, but it, it's. it's it's a great place for them to actually get hands-on and meet other people mm -hmm. and become enthusiastic, really. I mean, we're getting on in years, you know. We're not going to last forever, are we? You know, we need no, we need no. new blood. Yeah. Well, I'm speaking for myself, not for you, Chris, you know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, like everyone else, the cells are ticking away and, you know, uh, yeah, I'm moving ever nearer to... <laughs> What? <laughs> 50. Yeah. Next Wednesday. <laughs> oh, didn't mean to say that. Yeah. Half a century. Well, I yeah. thought. <laughs> yeah. No, you're quite right. I keep Steve. thinking. Uh, yeah. So go on. You're all right. I, I, I keep thinking I should actually make my own coffin, but that's the last thing I'd need. Well, because you you like growing your own stuff and things like that, and you know you're a you know you're a vegan. Maybe you could get a friend to, yeah, to like turn you into mulch. 
<laughs> well, I thought about making the coffin out of uh, origami modules, you know, so it would rot away. <laughs> Environmentally friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you could you could ask each one of your subscribers to make, you know, a little part of your coffee. <laughs> and sign it. Downhill now. Not in my book. <laughs> we could do a YouTube video as well. Yeah, we could do a live stream of a <laughs> your coffee. Oh, great! Yeah. I think what I could do, I could do a little video of how to fold a piece of it and then yeah. invite everyone to fold that piece and sign it and send it in. Yeah. And um, and then just before I pop my clogs, I can do a video of actually putting it together Yeah. and then drop into it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny that you say pop your clogs. I noticed your footwear <laughs> on Saturday. Oh, oh right, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, tell us about your footwear. Um well, um I have arthritis in my feet. And um oh there's a there's a name for it and I can't think what it is. Basically my feet don't flex. So so you know when you walk and you sort of push away on the bit on the sort of like the ball of your foot as you yeah. step away. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't. I, I sort of push away on my toes mm. and it, it's actually damaging my feet. So um, so I had some special shoes made, which are fine. But to be honest, um, if I wear those in the workshop, they're not going to last five minutes. I only need to drop a chisel and I'm going to damage them, you know. So I thought, well, I'm a maker. I'll, I'll make some clogs. So it's like sort of the historical part of Lancashire, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. Um, clogs were the the footwear of the time, you know, in the, the days of the mills and what mm. have you. So um, you can make the clogs with a curve on the on the front of the the clog, so that as you walk, your foot still moves naturally, but you're still pushing away with the rest of your foot, not just your toes. Yeah. So I thought, well. I'll make some. So, so I got a nice piece of wood and I drew around my foot and I cut out the wood and I made a top for it and uh, I put them on my feet and it was like I had wings because before I'd have to walk really carefully to make sure I wasn't damaging my feet. I put the clogs on and I can run. It was like having wings without drinking Red Bull. Whoa. Other drinks are available. Um, so I've never had them off my feet. I, I, I wear them practically all the time. Yeah. So in fact, <clears throat> it um, it might make a good video actually to make another pair. Yeah. And um, and see how the video will go because it's really helped me the way I walk, and it it might sort of enthuse other people to have a go as well. I did. Um, I did try and buy some clogs. There is a, a clog maker uh, in the south of the country somewhere. Um, uh, they weren't cheap, but obviously they were made to measure for your feet. But he had nearly a 12-month waiting list. And I thought, I can't wait that long. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be up and doing. So, so yeah, that, um, so the clogs are never off my feet. 
I even sleep in them sometimes. <laughs> they look really cool. I, d I didn't know um, yeah. that you know the reason why you had them, but I spotted them and thought, wow, they look really cool. So yeah. what, what a lot of people, of, Steve. Sorry. What wood are they made out of? I haven't got a clue. It's just um, it. It looked like some form of mahogany. Mm -hmm. um, there was this this really four inch thick piece of wood, an offcut from uh, from a beam, I think, at the uh, at the woodyard that do bespoke joinery. Mm -hmm. And I said, "Oh, that's nice. Can I have it?" He said, "Well, you can buy it." <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure what what it is, but it did have a reddish tinge, so it could be some form of mahogany. But it doesn't really matter as long as it's a good dense grain; mm -hmm. it'll do the job. So, um, yeah. So I don't know really. Yeah. It's uh, if anybody says, "What is it?" I say, "It's it's wood." Yeah. It's wood, wood. No, they look cool. It's wood, and wood, yeah. Talking yeah. about uh, maybe making a video of making clogs, um, I think you're quite renowned for your videos as well. Mm. Um, you know, you, you've got some really good editing skills and your videos are well produced and put together. Um, do you enjoy <laughs> doing the, the videos? I love it. Yeah, it does help if you're a nerd. Uh, <laughs> if you're a bit of a nerd, it does help. But I don't intend to spend so much time on editing the videos. It's just as I'm editing, I think, oh, would it be good if I did this? Or, mm. Oh, I could, I could get that. To, I could make it do this. And so editing the videos takes longer than filming them. It. Um, I just enjoy doing it. I suppose it's another thing that I make. Yeah. Um, although it's not, you know, physical material, uh, making a video is still a maker. And I just enjoy doing them. Mm. I really should get out more, I think. <laughs> no, keep on making them because uh, they cheer people up. So keep doing what you're doing there. So, right. tell us about the sort of things that you really like making. Oh, um, I'll make anything. Um, it, it's something that sticks in my head. So I can be I can be looking at something. In fact, a few months ago, I was watching the Antiques Roadshow, and they had these little jugs with the tops that wobbled. They were sort of like caricatures of people and the heads moved when you pick the pot up and I thought oh that would be good if I made that in wood and so so I just see these things and they, they, they get stuck in here and one day they'll come out as a as a finished item yeah. but it could be anything I don't sort of say I'm a wood turner or I'm a woodworker or I'm a maker um if if it's something i quite fancy doing i'll just do it there's there's some i don't film because they're, they're just too 
daft or nerdy really uh to be on the eight by six workshop you know if <laughs> some <laughs> some of the things i think what the heck am i making this for to myself you know so <laughs> if if i put that on a video people are going to go i think he's lost the plot so, <laughs> so, I'm sure so i do oh i don't know <laughs> So I do tend to keep it um, sort of wood related for the 8x6 workshop. Mm. Although having said that, in some of the blogs, um, origami does creep in on the odd occasion and, uh, and some music as well. Mm. So um, I have to be careful, otherwise I'm, I'm just going to diversify too far mm. and then you lose the sort of... Um, sort of brand that people expect from you you know so mm. so i tend to keep it wood related but but i do all sorts of things yeah. yeah in fact i bet some of these people in the chat will know <laughs> what i get up to as well i'm sure wayne does well, if he's still in the chat i've not bored him well there's wayne bigfoot woodcraft um and he's talking about yeah. stanley the clamp and oh, there's yeah. a few people saying, go Stanley. <laughs> do you know, he gets more fan mail than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've I, seen him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had to take him to make a central last year because the year before people were saying, where's Stanley? Yeah. So I took him with me. <laughs> so it's yeah well uh dan dan the uh the, the taylor boss of taylor's murphy he's got this little blank uh that's got a bit of charring to it called bernie the blank yeah and that's been missing in action <laughs> for, for years and it turned up at harrogate someone said oh is this yours so we completely lost track of this little blank that goes around and it, it's called bernie the blank isn't it but he said he's going to make that appear a lot now in social media and yeah. videos and yeah, things yeah. so yeah so the stanley the clamp stan the clamp and bernie the blank well we could be setting a trend couldn't we yeah, yeah definitely yeah i think yeah. as well something about... I'll... sorry no go on you're okay i'll uh, go go for it go on. <laughs> i'll just answer whatever you ask I think as well with the maker community, um, there, there are certain eccentricities and, you know, people yes. have got these, you know, like you've got Stanley the Clamp and there's other people have got these sort of quirky little things that they do. And, um, and might I just say Ali bloody Louie for that? Because it just makes, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, we're not all pigeonholed, we're not all these... Well, everybody's unique, yeah. you know, it's not like, you know, you go to something like Maker Central and, you know, you see all these people walking past with, you know, like different hairdos and um, clothes and quite um, individual looks that people have. Mm. It's, I mean, it's fascinating. And it's, I think maybe makers find it easier to <clears throat> express their personality Whereas, you know, a lot of people that you work with in a nine to five, they're much more clones of each other. Mm. Um, so, you yeah. know, maybe it's all part of that maker culture. 
What do you think? I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, some of them even wear clogs. It's, <laughs> um, but I, think I, I, I saw one person going around at Maker Central with a, with a full mask on, with the eyes out here. Um, I can't think of his name at the minute, but, you know, yeah. Um, perhaps it's a way of letting go of your inhibitions i don't know you know what's mm. the next stage cosplay you know <laughs> it's, um, well, yeah. but again it's making isn't it it's making it's, it, if if nothing else it's making people laugh it's, yeah. it's making fun you i know, actually think you've hit on quite a good idea actually there steve i think it would be incredible that if people you know did come in uh in like if they were, were at Comic-Con and things like that, you know, dressed up, but they'd made the outfits themselves, you know, and were doing cosplay. That'd be fascinating, you know, Nicola describing them, and I'd say, hey, can I have a feel of this? And, you know, steampunk or sci-fi or, you know, gladiatorial, whatever, but, you know, they'd made it themselves. And that would be, in fact, that would be fascinating. That I think you're, you're spot on there, Steve. So, yeah, let's have some amazing handmade costumes that make a central mm. that'd be epic yes should we uh should we uh, suggest it to nick and see <laughs> yeah. what he thinks see if we can yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe, I, I mean even if you don't want to uh, oh yeah that'd be cool yeah if they don't want to make a whole costume i mean there's there's people that do metal work they can make belts and and what have you, you know, buckles yeah. and fancy things, or woodwork, you know, you can uh, wear your latest designs. You never know. <laughs> no, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a lot of fun. The, um, Andy Pugh says, the craft maiden was in cosplay last year. Uh, Flaming Turner says, I'm making a costume for 2020. He's going as a sticker board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We can all put our stickers on him. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. So we've not talked about your workshop yet. So I'm sure most of the people on here know of you anyway, but for the people who might be listening later who don't know anything about you, tell us what's so special about your workshop. Um, It's eight foot by six foot. It, it, it is eight foot by six foot because that's the only size I could have. Um, I originally built the building in the early 1990s as a store for uh, tools and garden furniture. Ooh. And uh, anyway, work picked up and I was traveling a lot and it got sort of neglected and the roof fell in and everything in there just got soaking wet and it was just derelict. And I think it was 2016, a friend of mine, Peter, um, we've known each other for eons, I think we were at college together. He says, why don't you do something with that? He said, "Um, it's an eyesore, you know, why don't you convert it into a little workshop? And then you're not doing your woodwork in the back of the kitchen, you know, you can actually have a place to work. So I thought, well, yeah good idea that so he came down one weekend and between us we just gutted the place and and put a roof on it and he said um it, it was actually sort of a, a comment that was made in jest you know oh why don't you do youtube videos <laughs> and because uh, you like doing 
you know, you like showing off, he says. So, <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> I thought, well, actually, that might be a good idea. And and the workshop just started to grow. It just just developed organically. Mm. Um, I wasn't even intending um, in having a lathe, but I just happened to come home one day and there was one in the boot of the car for some reason. <laughs> it, <laughs> so, so over about six or eight months, it just developed. Um, but I can't extend it because I've got a beautiful oak tree in the garden and I have to leave enough growth room for it. Yeah. Every couple of years, I've got to relay the flags outside because the ground shifts a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, over about two or three years, the flags will start to move. So, so I have to lift them up and flatten them off and put them back down again. So I can't sort of extend, otherwise I'm going to encroach on the tree's um, growth area. Mm -hmm. so, so I'm thinking, well eight foot by six foot is very restrictive but then i thought well let's turn it round and make it a challenge let's make it work mm. such a small area and then i just got carried away with it like a nerd i just got latched onto it and i thought what more can i do what what else can i fit in what can i do here and what can i do there and, and it's just grown organically mm. so and it's become an exciting place i know it sounds really really daft and nerdy but sometimes when i'm not making anything i'll just take a cup of tea down and sit in there and have a brew yeah because it's just cool it's just yeah. cool you know we all do that <laughs> yeah yeah we all just appear into yeah. our maker spaces and just for a bit of quiet time and you know this this times i'll go in there and put some music on and a cup of tea and sit down and just think and you know start you know just, yeah you know whoa yeah i'd love to do that and f i'll just sit and touch things and feel and start you know thinking and there's a lot of times i sit in there and uh just yeah for a bit of me time yeah i think a lot of uh, i think a lot of makers do that don't they? they actually go into the workshops because it's like um it's their own space mm. you know Sometimes when I've had a really tough day, I'll just go and sit in the workshop. It's like a safe space sometimes mm -hmm. and um, somewhere where you can actually let go. I mean, I'm not the easiest person to live with. I really know that, you know, I'm, I am quite oh. nerdy in certain ways. So in the workshop, I can be as nerdy and as organized as i want because it's my space you know i'm not um i'm not having to cope with other people's space it's mine and, yeah. uh, and i can just relax in there and shuffle tools around and make it all look nice and neat and clean up and yeah i really should get out more <laughs> Well, that video that you made of your workshop is amazing. Um, if people haven't seen that, that's definitely worth watching. Yeah, there's workshop it's just, tour. Yeah, yeah, it's just fascinating seeing everything that you've got in there and how you fitted it all together. But, yeah, it's kind of, um, I suppose it's like having a little sanctuary, isn't it, where yeah, you can go? Way, and, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. yeah. That's it, yeah. Room. Yeah. 
so um so is there anything else we've not talked about that you'd you'd like to mention anything we've not um, talk about i think no i think it's up to you to pull it out of me well we've we've talked about all the questions that we've we have the, the last one really is what um what does the maker community not know about you yeah so we'll, we'll go oh. with that then what does the maker community not know about you um uh, that's a tough one that because um they, they know most of them know I'm, I'm an origami nerd uh, most of them know I, I play music, I do my pipes, because they've been in my videos. Um, so what do, they, what do they not know? Um, oh, I know, they might not know. Um, I am a fully licensed amateur radio enthusiast. I don't think anybody there knows that, um, because that's a, that's a me thing. So, so yeah, I'm a radio ham. Well, there you go. My, uh... I bet someone in the chat's. Yeah, I bet someone in the chat's going to say, "I knew that now." <laughs> yeah, I remember when when uh, I still lived in Eccles. Frank, my next door neighbour, he was a licensed. Uh, well, in fact, he was uh, an electrical engineer, so uh, he he was a, a licensed ham radio operator, and I remember uh, going into his uh radio room and you know the and the satellite dish as well that he built built it all himself on the back <laughs> of the house and i didn't mind i mean you'd, some people say you can bloody set that down but he was a really nice guy and he did you know uh some amazing things uh but yeah i went in there it's like being on you know the flight deck of some amazing <laughs> spaceship it's like flipping heck and he built it all himself it was at maplin's every other bloody day or you know he'd call in on his way back oh just been to maplin's and got this doodad and that but that was incredible uh something i've never done uh i used to have a little cb yeah, radio yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say did you have a cb radio yeah. i'm sure you'd mentioned it yeah, I used to have a little CB radio. I wasn't very good at it though. I, I didn't know all the jargon and everything. Um, it was when I lived in London I had one of those. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was I messed about with that a little bit. Mm. But you said um, you you use Morse code. Yeah, I really love Morse code. Um, I'm still not fast enough. I'm working on my speed to get up to speed because um, the majority of people do uh, communicate at around about 20 words a minute, which oh. doesn't sound a lot, but it's quite fast. Yeah. So, so I'm working on my speed. It's, it's something that I've always, always wanted to do. When I was, oh, I must have been about seven or eight, uh, my dad said to me, when you're old enough, we'll sit the radio exam and we'll build a radio and we'll do Morse code. Mm. And uh, it's something that really stuck with me. Oh, yeah, that's great. Anyway, sadly, it never happened. But when I um, technically retired, I thought, do you know, it is going to happen. So, so within nine months, I sat all three exams, got to the full license uh, status. And, and I want to do the Morse code and then eventually build the radio 
yeah. and communicate using Morse code. Yeah. Something that I was going to do when I was seven, I'm going to do it. So, uh, so that's that's the that's the task for 2019, and 2020 will be building the radio, and 2021 will be trying not to electrocute myself. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, that's my phone. That's um, all right. That's I was right. going, I was going to, I was going to film this in the workshop, but I couldn't get the the internet speed fast enough for the camera. Yeah. So I had to bring it into the living room, and it's right next to the phone, and I can't switch it off. So uh, it's all right. Anyway, stop ringing. Don't worry. I bet they're, they're <laughs> just ringing to say we've seen you on the internet. But I, oh, yeah, I probably think that was funny because just as you're talking about building, you know, uh, radios, and I heard all these beep, 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 all these ringtones. I thought, hey, right on cue. <laughs> so, my country <laughs> studio is asking, um, did you ever yeah. do slow scan with the Specky or ZX81? Oh, ZX81, yeah. Um, I couldn't afford to buy it, so I had to buy it as a kit. I think it was uh, it was sixty nine pounds to buy, but you could buy it for thirty five as a kit. So so I bought it as a kit, and it took me about three weeks to put together. Um, but when I put it together, it worked. I really <laughs> and um, you, you have to have lived in that era to to know how exciting that was I mean, we yeah. take mobile phones and internet access so much for granted nowadays yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but that was um, that was a quantum leap really uh, to have your own computer that was mm. that was something fantastic yeah, and i and program it, it and yeah yeah you, and you saved it on a tape you saved your program on a tape yeah. And it took forever to load. It took like felt like days to load. So so it, the the ZX eighty one would sit there and I'd never switch it off. Mm. <laughs> so I didn't have to keep waiting for it to load. So yeah, it's um I've still got it somewhere. It's in the loft, along with all the other incarnations of computers that I've got. There mm. must be yeah. a good dozen or so computers up there. <laughs> but, um, that that started me down the the, the program inside, uh, and I became a programmer and then a systems analyst, and uh, and I'd rescue old computers that were going to get scrapped. Ooh. So I thought one day I'll have a museum of computers, yeah. but um, I don't know. There's too much to do in this life. So <laughs> yeah, ZX eighty one. Oh. I feel old now. <laughs> a lot of fun. Well, we had um, a Dragon Thirty Two. Um, oh yes. Yeah, we've. I've just sold it not that long ago, actually, on eBay. Um, but yeah, we'd had that, and I think we used to play, you know, tennis. Pink, you know, these <laughs> tennis you could yeah. have on television and. You know, you had to move your little cursor to knock the ball over, and it was quite good fun. That um, I remember playing that a lot. I, I can't remember how old I was when we got the Dragon Thirty Two. Um, I'd say I don't know, ten or something like that. 
Um, but yeah, no, it would be later than that. Was it be later? Yeah, yeah, because the Dragon Thirty Two was probably out in the early eighties, like eighty two, eighty three. Yeah, I don't think I was that old though when I was I bet playing. you were. Right. I bet Steve well, I was can still back a me up. big kid then because Steve Steve can back <laughs> me up on that. The Dragon Thirty Two was early eighties. Right, right. Well Yeah, yeah. It it was it was a sensation that because it had thirty two K of RAM. Not thirty two meg, thirty two K. And that was phenomenal. Yeah. That was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, you know now that wouldn't even hold a, a segment of a photograph. I know, I know. At, at the time, whoa, it's it's that cracking. Was, that was that amazing. Was yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I was just smiling then because there was a big bang, and I think it was Bamba coming up the stairs or something. Well, I think he'd he'd gone downstairs. Yeah, and he's probably dropped. He likes as he goes down the stairs with a toy, he'll drop a toy and watch it fall down a couple oh, of steps like a slinky spring he'd love a slinky spring yeah. <laughs> but you know he drops he drops a toy down and you can hear it bounce down and then he'll let it come to rest and then he'll he'll go down and retrieve it and then chuck it down and a couple more and he's he's obviously watching it go down the stairs and he finds it fascinating uh but uh yeah i think he'd, he'd thrown the toy down and then he went down to get it and he's come back up yeah so um is there anybody in the chat wants to ask Stephen a question um now's your chance um is there anything else you'd like to add uh you've you've had a very um yeah can you in interesting life yeah can you remember what what was the uh the memory on the zx81 um Oh crikey! Um, there was um, there was a game that you actually had to type in and mm. store it on the tape, and it was uh, called Trader. And you were in charge of a of a, a sailing ship, and you sailed from one port to the other, mm. and you'd buy things and sell them at the next port, and you had to make a certain amount of money. It was a text-based game. There was no graphics, really. You you typed in, and then the computer would type something else, and you'd type back. It was a text-based game, but I absolutely loved that. I think I made about $14 million one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, my first computer was a Commodore VIC-20. Uh, yeah. I know that that, in its standard form, came with 3.5K. Uh, so I was wow. buying all these, I was buying all these RAM packs that you you plug into the back to boost your memory. So you could get 8K expansion and 16K, uh, and then after that, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we got bigger and better. But my first computer was a VIC-20, but I loved that. And again, that you know, the tape cassette, I had the proper Commodore cassette recorder, and you know, I, yeah, so many, so many uh, happy memories playing games on that. Oh, you were. Yeah, you were posh. <laughs> yeah. So there's a question. Have you finished your kitchen? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been working on it um, 13 months. But the trouble is, I, I, I took it right back to the bare brick and the joists mm -hmm. and started right from scratch. 
And when you do that, you just open up bigger and bigger holes. When I took the ceiling down, I thought, well, while the ceiling's down, I could get this half of the house rewired. So, so that went in. And then you look up and you see all the central heating pipes and you look at the distribution manifold, which is a bit sort of manky. And you think, that's going to need replacing. So it just goes on and on and on. But I have built all the cupboards and I've plastered all the walls and the cupboards are up and I have got my living room back. So, so I'm doing all right. <laughs> I actually started, I started filming it because I thought it might make a good series for the 8x6 workshop. But to be honest, um, part way through, I thought I just need to get this done. I mean, you'll know yourself when you when you actually filming the job it takes like four times as long mm -hmm. and then all the editing mm -hmm. you know and it was getting to the point where it was driving me nuts i thought i just want my kitchen back so so i have filmed some of it i filmed the unusual things that i've been making and and putting in the kitchen so there will be a a mini series of the kitchen <laughs> eventually but uh, but it's it's nearly there just a bit of tiling and a bit of plastering and a bit of painting and um, it might be done by Christmas 2021 <laughs> <laughs> target date 2021 <laughs> that sounds good so, well we should look forward to having a look at that when you've, you've got your videos up so um tell everybody where they can find you if they don't already know uh they can find me here <laughs> uh youtube it's um stephen's eight by six workshop that's eight x six workshop or just just google eight x six workshop you'll find me i'm on uh, instagram as eight x six underscore workshop uh, Facebook, it's Stevens 8x6 Workshop, um, and the website is www.8x6workshop.co.uk. Um, I think by the time they've looked at all that, they've seen enough of me. <laughs> well, do you know what? I think you're fascinating, and I think you've just got such an eclectic collection of skills and interests and experiences um it's it just goes on and on really and i think you know that that makes the conversation really interesting mm. so yeah um, well it does help being a nerd <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not wrong with that yeah no it's it's great it's it's been great chatting with you tonight i've learned such a lot about you and um you know we've we've talked about all sorts of different things and um it's it's been really interesting thank you so much for joining us tonight no thanks for inviting me on your uh privileged podcast <laughs> It's, um, I, I think now I'm going to actually uh, I'm going to check on my subscribers and see if it's gone down 
but uh, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> no, it's been really cool. Having you. It was great. It was great uh, getting to speak to you at Harrogate and uh, and your your mate Rob and then Peter. Uh, no, was it Peter? Rob then Peter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah great. It was great uh, shaking their hands and whatnot. So thank you so very much, Steve. You are a lot of fun, uh, and you're a, you're a great source of inspiration to a lot of people, both in 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 computer land and when you're out and about doing your workshops and origami and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. you are a very, very, very uh, clever man and very well liked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. There were so uh, many people fed on at the weekend. They were looking forward to catching you on the podcast. So, um, yeah, I think that's testament to you. Oh, no pressure then. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure at all. No pressure. No, we don't want our guests to feel any pressure just to enjoy it. Like fun. Yeah. So, no, well, thanks very much for having me on. That's, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Really cool. enjoyed it, yeah. Honestly, cool. <laughs> cool. You know, you you did you, you did remarkably well, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely have you uh, back on in the future. No worries there. Yeah, it'd be lovely to catch up with you again and see what you've been up to. So you're most welcome right. to stick with us whilst we waffle on about our week. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. that would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do hang about and ship in where you, you'd like to. Um, you've got a few people saying, well, still a subscriber and um, subscribe. Some of them have subscribed. Uh, so, yeah, I think your numbers are still safe. Yeah. In fact, they've probably gone up a bit. Oh, yeah. 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 Check out check out Steve's channel. And obviously his videos are a lot of fun. And like yeah, Nicholas said, his production values and his, his geekiness comes across in such a charming <laughs> way, uh, you will be tempted to cross over to the dark side of geekiness after you've listened to his channel, that show. Made me laugh loads of your videos and, yeah, you know, yeah. you know you, you, you're, you're out there in such a nice way, you know, yeah. it's uh, the, the world's a, a much happier place for having your, uh, your geekiness uh, shining out like a beacon, so that's really cool, yeah. Right, Excellent. <laughs> right, I'll pay you later. All yeah, right. all right then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, word from your sponsor, me. <laughs> right, okay. I'll shut up and uh, and let you two have a natter. All right, right. right. we'll have a natter. Cheers, Steve. <laughs> okay. So then, what have we done this week? Uh, ooh, this, the little North of England woodworking show. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty much what we've done, really, because we well, you packed up on Wednesday, mm. and then we were there from Thursday setting up. Yeah, it when when we were going, I was thinking, oh, we'll be away for four days, and um, you know, it sort of seems like a long time, but it's absolutely flown it by. Has, it has flown by, and I think uh, I I was sort of thinking to myself uh, going. You know, this is going to be, uh, you know, such a long time away, like you've just said. But it, it didn't feel like that. No. You know, the show was very busy. Uh, I was very busy. You were very busy. And, you know, it was great to, like, Stephen and his, his mates and all our friends popping yeah. by. It was went by in a blur. And, you know, <laughs> so well looked after, you know, 
and uh, but but everyone that we end up doing some stuff with look after us so well but yeah. you know uh brian mark which is clive and megan yeah brian mark tools and then pontus who's <laughs> i'll tell you a funny story about <laughs> how i how I, I describe pontus to someone in the hotel uh but yeah we were really looked after so well and then you know we we went out for lovely meals yeah. at the end of each day yeah. uh, and we had you know uh something to eat and a drink and a great chat did it whizzed by but when we went out boy did we get wet a couple of nights oh, with yeah. that rain yeah. flipping heck well i'll tell you another funny story as well <laughs> oh yeah go on we left here didn't we on the thursday mm. and we were still sat on the drive and i said to chris did you pack a coat for me um and he said no and i you said you didn't say that you said have i got a coat oh have i got a coat you didn't say did you pack one well I, blame me. <laughs> I had enough putting all the tools and all my kit in anyway the upshot was that we were sat outside <clears throat> on the drive with no no coat in the car for me and I said, oh, it'll be fine because um, we'll be going sort of from the hotel to, um, you know. Into the hall. The hall and, the car you know, and we, they won't, we won't be walking about much. And I was going to borrow your coat, wasn't yeah, I? Yeah, that was the plan, yeah. Anyway, we, we get there and the first night it the absolutely threw it down. Yeah. So I had to go into Sainsbury's, which was the shop at the bottom near um the harrogate place the yorkshire the north of it the showground sentence yeah the, the showground show yeah sainsbury's next to the showground yeah. had to go and buy a coat anyway but it was very nice it's a lovely coat <laughs> and uh very festive megan loved it you said it's a lovely dark ruby red so it's very yeah, i look like mrs claus uh, but yeah, so you bought a new coat, but you said it was a, a great value for money, didn't you? So, yeah, yeah, it was good. I didn't want to spend the fortune, but yeah, I'm quite pleased with it. So yeah, you've got a nice new coat. Yeah, so. uh, but then your boots started leaking, so we've thrown them in, <laughs> or your shoes, not your boots. Yeah. You had to stop wearing your nice shoes because they started leaking. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Megan was coming down the stairs in the restaurant. Yeah. and snapped a heel off one of her pairs of boots yeah. so it was quite a heavy shoe related <laughs> yeah weekend i know so no great weekend absolutely great weekend and here's the funny story about pontus so uh, obviously i knew pontus you know shame on me for not really doing my research but uh i'd heard pontus on other videos and i knew he traveled the wor world you know demonstrating uh tormek uh, at all these shows all around the world so we were at uh, breakfast on the saturday morning and i was talking to this guy and he said he did say yeah, oh, you're not that blind wood turner are you so i said yeah he said Fucking hell. oh yeah he said well i'm here and he said well yeah i know all about you and anyway so he said what are you doing here so i said well i'm the guest of brian mark tools and tormek and i said clive is one of the senior guys at brian mark tools and megan and I said, Pontus goes around the world demonstrating uh, how to use the Tormek sharpening system. And he's got this wealth of technical knowledge. And Clive said, Chris, <coughs> you do know he is the CEO of Tormek, don't you? And I went, no, I don't. <laughs> so Pontus, who was there all weekend, is the boss of Tormek. And I had him in my head as one of their uh, demonstrating uh, technical sales advisors 
but no, he's the big cheese. <laughs> Lovely guy, loving yeah, the bit. Yeah, have some great conversations. So uh, yeah, I'm sorry uh, for that little faux pas, uh, Pontus. But you know what? As I've said to you, hmm. I love these guys like that who have got these big jobs and they're just so down to earth mm. and they're not what I call up their own backsides. Mm. And, you know, in my experience, they're always the ones who have got brilliant businesses and do brilliant jobs yeah. because they just, they just get on with what they're doing. And mm. um, it's funny they're, because they're always the best, you know, MD CEOs. Yeah. And it's funny because in a way I've often thought, Oh, wonder who the big boss at Tarmac is. <laughs> I've just spent four days with him. <laughs> So now I know, uh, well, yeah, he travels the world, he's, you know, he's, he travels the world promoting and demonstrating. So he's hands on and he started there, you know, 20, 25 years yeah, ago. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's, worked his way up. he's worked in every part of the, the company and now, you know, he's uh, the captain of it all, you know, really. So amazing guy, lovely, so clever and knowledgeable mm. uh, and a fellow, uh, a fellow Viking. Yeah. But we had a good time, didn't we? And mm. um, you know, they really looked after us. Um it was you know, they looked after us all weekend, didn't they? And yeah, remarkably um, well. Um, it was really brilliant. And also uh I I'm the first goblet that I was making for Pontus, sort of like a medieval Viking style, uh decided to let go on the lathe. Uh <laughs> so yeah, that went kablamo. Uh, so I said, um, I said to Clive, I said, no, I will make Pontus a, a, a goblet. Uh, so I told Pontus, I'm making you a goblet and it'll be sort of like medieval Viking style. So we got a lovely piece of spalted beach from mm. Tony at British Hardwoods. He donated a piece, a lovely big spindle mm. blank, chunky. So anyway, second attempt, yeah, it all went according to plan. So Pontus was absolutely overjoyed with it uh, and... He's he's taken that back to Tormac HQ now, and there's a sort of like a, a display cabinet with pieces in there from uh, well-known wood turners, Glenn Lucas, Nick Agar, Phil Lyons, you know, people that are Tormac users. Uh, and on to study, it'll be an absolute honour to have one of your pieces, Chris, in this display cabinet. You know, alongside you know truly amazing wood turners, you know, world famous. <laughs> so. Yeah, he packed it very carefully in his case and this photograph of me presenting it to him. And it's a sizable gobbler. Mm. And, you know, even Phil Lyons came over and said, uh, he says, that, that gobbler you've done, Chris, uh, he said, he's absolutely stunning. He says, the, the way you've got the curves and the shape and the form, he says, it's absolutely unbelievable. So I said, well, it's on its way to Sweden. So I'm really pleased it'll that... It'll be there now. Oh, yeah, it'll be. Yeah, Pontus uh, caught the plane back to yeah, Sweden last night. Today. And he had to be in work because he had a shareholders. Uh, oh, he's got to do some paperwork for the shareholders, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. And things like that. So, yeah, he was straight back at it. So I think it was, he said when he lands, it's a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Landing Stockholm. <laughs> and then they're based in Lindesberg in Sweden. So I think he said it was about two-and-a-half-hour mm. drive home few hours sleep and then he's back at it no he wasn't going to get much sleep no so uh yeah wonderful 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 uh and it was a full-on full-on program really for me i was doing two sharpening demos a day uh so 
I'd do a demo in the morning at 10.30 a.m. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd pretty much use the tools that I'd just sharpened, bowl gouge and scrapers and uh, spindle gouges, roughing out gouge. Uh, so I'd sort of like do the sharpening and then try to incorporate that in the projects then that I was going to do. So yeah, over the over the three days, so I did six mm -hmm. sharpening demos, uh, and got to use uh, one of Tomek's new diamond wheels. So mm -hmm. I was using the middle grit. So there's three diamond wheels. Mm -hmm. You've got the coarse, which is three sixty, the fine it's called, which is six hundred, and then the extra fine, which was twelve hundred and uh lo and behold i've managed to bring the diamond wheel that i was using home because <laughs> megan clive had said from brian mark he said have you got one of these diamond wheels and they said you know we'll we must let you have one so we were packing up and megan said chris do you want the box for that diamond wheel we're giving you and i was like whoa i can't believe that because i thought well you know i'd have to wait or because pontus was saying you know we'll have to try and get you on but they'd arranged to give me one so i brought it home so i am the proud owner now of a, a tarmac diamond wheel so they never need retruing or sharpening or anything uh so that that was an amazing gift so and and such an amazing bit of kit i know this yeah. sounds like a bit of a plug for tarmac but you use less pressure you know you can use them dry but they recommend you use them wet because uh, at least that's going to carry away any of the steel you've removed from your tool mm. away and you uh yeah you have this unbelievable sharp finish and the shavings that i was getting off my bowl gouge yeah they were good you know yeah, yeah. you know it's like because you've said phil irons on some of his oh, pictures yeah. you know he has <laughs> strings, strings. Yeah, strings shavings hanging off the rafters yeah, yeah. and i was i had shavings i could feel them flying off behind me and going all over and packing all my stuff away today i found you know long strangly uh spiral shavings yeah. in all my toolboxes as you do at a demo so yeah the level of sharpness you get with that is absolutely unbelievable uh but you buy it buy it once and that's it, it lasts a lifetime really mm. with careful use so yeah so what else did we do uh well it was like uh, having fun eating yeah. talking turning sharpening yeah. uh well, we've let's got, do a name check we're gonna do people. we're gonna do a name check and we, we think we've remembered uh all of the usual suspects uh, i'm just gonna have you know there's there's a disclaimer here if we've forgotten we're sorry <laughs> well um obviously we need to thank brymark um and tormac for inviting us and making it possible for us to be there mm. um we've mentioned pontus and clive mm. and there was meg as well who yeah. looked after us as well yeah um and then you've got john who was on the proxon stand he was doing uh tool demonstrations yeah i'm a wonderful uh model boat builder yeah mm. yeah and then um we spent some time uh, chatting with the Axminster team. So Craig, who we see a lot, uh, Colwyn, Jason, uh, Chris, who was doing the Arbitech stuff next door, yeah. uh, making a big racket. Yeah, but, um, but I, I, I had a PA in my com. So I kept <laughs> shouting, shut up, will you? I phone the police. But 
you know, uh, yeah, they them on those little trees he was making were brilliant. Yeah. I, I had a feel of them. Yeah, they were. Uh, nice. Yeah, they were really good. So he, he sold quite a few of them. Yeah. So they they were great. Um, we saw Phil Irons. Um, we had a chat with some of the RPT guys from the RPT stand, but we never got we never managed to go no, and have the a coffee. They invited them. us over. Uh, and I really did want to go over and have a chat and a coffee with them, uh, and because they were saying, "Oh, congratulations on becoming RPT." But every time we said, "Right, yeah," and Clive said, "Yeah, go over and have a coffee with them. That's fine." And then someone would go, "Chris, how are you, mate?" And it's like, "All right," and then you get talking, and then and they'd go, and then you go, "Right, well, I've got to carry on turning now." So it's sad to all, but anyway, yeah. hello to all the RPT turners that were in attendance. Yeah, yeah. and we saw. Gary Lowe, yeah. um, David Lowe, Pat Carroll, yeah. um, Helen. Me, 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 you saw me. Yeah. Oh, Steve. <laughs> Eight by six. <laughs> yeah. Steve. Oh. And your mate, Bob, Bob and Peter. Peter. Yeah, so we got to talk to them. Uh, Mick Ambrick. Oh, yeah, we saw Mick as well. Oh, he's funny. Yeah, he Mick, Mick is, yeah Mick's a nice guy. Lovely, lovely energy. Um, we chatted with um, Dan and uh, his dad, and I don't know what the other guys called on Taylor's Murfield. Yeah. Um, we had some wood. Thank you very much to British Hardwoods who donated some pieces for you to turn. Mm. Um, we chatted with Joe and Glenn from Yorkshire Grit. Yes, we did. And Wayne the Wood Turner. We also chatted with Wayne, yeah, who was Wayne, Wayne on was, the Yorkshire Grit yeah, stand too. Yeah, Wayne was the demonstrating turner for Yorkshire Grit. So uh, Wayne had had a great show and did sold a fair few pots of that stuff, yeah, hadn't they? Yeah. And oh, can I just say thank you very much for my uh, pot of grit? Yes. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Um. Bob Neal was on the stand opposite us, so I did a bit of pyro, pyro. with Bob. Mm. Uh, Les Thorne came and chatted with you quite a bit. Yeah, Martin Shazam Smith yeah. of Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, Terry and Mandy, Mandy from Chestnut. Chestnut. So that was great to catch a, up with them. Yeah, and we met them when we arrived on Thursday afternoon. They were just coming yeah, out. Yeah. So we had a good little chat, and it's great uh, to chat with those guys. Absolutely amazing. Love using their stuff as well. Uh, we saw Wayne and Valerie. Gilbert on both days they came and watched it's lovely to catch up with them and thank you so very much guys for buying me that lovely tulip wood uh bowl blank yeah yeah very much appreciated we'll have a lot of fun turning that uh and i'll i'll video that i'll probably do that this thursday um lindsay gardner came and said hello yeah lindsay uh, I don't know if it, it does Lindsay listen to this podcast. I'm not sure. But uh, sometimes yeah, I think Lindsay might. has been a great supporter and follower of mine for many years. And, you know, uh, he, he was in attendance, but I was uber busy. And I feel really bad for not having the time to speak to someone that's followed us for such a long time. So, uh, Lindsay, yeah, listen, mate, I'm, we're gonna, I'm gonna send you a video message. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, but yeah, awesome, mate. Keep on rocking. Um, we spoke to the tiny Turner and her mum and dad. Yeah, yeah, Emma. You saw Brian Cockrell. Oh, you came and chatted with you. I didn't see Brian because I'd just gone to get some lunch. Yeah, uh, Brian, he'd, he'd, he'd got there quite late. But, yeah, he's had a busy a busy year and he wasn't able to demonstrate there this year. Uh, but he, he did tell us some fascinating news. I'm really happy for him that he'd been away and done 
uh, a, a, probably a residential course. I don't know, or he'd stayed at a hotel nearby, but he'd been away and done his uh, blacksmithing course. So he's mm. a certified blacksmith now. Yeah. So well done, Brian. Uh, there's another string to yeah. bow. So yeah, he's a very talented maker, Brian. And there were a number of um, guys from various wood turning clubs that we've visited. Yeah. Um, loads of them came and said hello. That that uh, yeah that that the, the funny them guys from the northeast, you know, North Shields that way. Mm. They were in attendance. Lovely guys, uh, and you know they've got that lovely, lovely sense of humour. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's great. So but there was. I'm just trying to remember. I won't remember them all, but there was Scunthorpe. There was Wigan. Um, Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Yeah, because yeah. they brought Bamba's bowl that we'd, oh, we'd yeah. left behind. <laughs> yeah, we always like to leave a donation when we do demos and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, lots of. Uh, and also, we're turning clubs that have booked us for next year. Yeah. They were coming and saying, oh, yeah, you're coming to us next <laughs> March. And we just thought we'd come and say, oh, we can't wait. And West Riding, that were opposite yeah, us, they booked, us, they us, booked well. us for a demo. Uh, and one of their turners, they had something explode at a rapid rate of knots as well. Yeah. Uh, so they came over and said, "Ah, Chris, it's not only you that can do it." So, uh, yeah. Anyway, me having a gobble at Go Kablamo, Yeah, I thought you know Mike Walt would be proud of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then on the Sunday, late on, Baz and Jermaine came. Uh, Baz Starkey and his friend Jermaine. Yeah. Um, and that was um, that was very that well was timed. And they helped us pack up as well, which we're really grateful for. Yeah, so uh, Baz Starkett and Jermaine, they've they've been to a couple of our events and demos now. Lovely lads. They are makers and they're craftsmen and they're sort of like joiners and they're both wood turners. Uh, so, yeah, they turned up and we had a good chat and then uh, they hung around. Sorry, that's my phone again. <laughs> so they, uh, they hung around and helped us. It's that person that's rung before. Yeah. And what they're doing now is they're ringing back and saying, why have you not rung me? I rang you yeah, before you and you've not rung me back yet. <laughs> the people ringing up for your autograph. Can you mail out your autograph, please, Steve? Oh, the persistent. Oh, you never know. Oh, that's it yeah oh there you go it's got my voicemail so yeah. Yeah. uh so, so yeah, hopefully and, and, we've not forgotten anybody yeah anyway baz and jermaine yeah lovely the makers the turners uh, and they stayed around and big shout out to jermaine because he kept bamba occupied yeah whilst we loaded the car with the the main stuff and then baz uh was helping us carry out all of that stuff yeah. and then jermaine picked carried my lathe up, up and carried my lathe up you know a couple of hundred yards to the car and you know those midi <laughs> lathes just pick it up and move it you know not too fast not bad but he just picked it up and carried it a fair distance mm. so big thanks to jermaine and baz uh, oh the other person is adrian broadhead from triton as well oh yeah adrian he follows you and yeah. we saw him and he said hello and um, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, and we were talking to Charlie Bethel. Oh yeah. Uh, from yeah. Uh, the society, uh, sorry, the charity Men's Sheds. Now I demonstrated and spoke at their uh, awards yeah. dinner uh, earlier this year, and mm. we've got some exciting news coming in the new year uh, regarding men's sheds. Um, Certainly exciting for us, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so 
everybody that's pretty much everybody yeah if we have missed you out we are incredibly sorry hopefully we've got all of our nearest and dearest there i'm just going to like through a a bit of a a walk through the hall now <laughs> trying to remember who would who would bump into uh didn't get a chance to speak to simon hope but, yeah but, uh, andrew hall we spoke to andrew hall yeah um yeah i can't remember anymore but yeah we spoke to loads of people and it was sort of um it's kind of like a mini maker central isn't it you mm. know it's and just the people were just as nice there as they are at Maker yeah, Central. It's, uh, Steph from Cardiff. Oh, yes, he's, Steph. He's not yeah. in Ben that yeah. helped out. He yeah. was sort of like when Clive had taken Pontus back to the airport, Ben was helping out. Yeah, so yeah. We, we've, uh, we know them very well. Uh, yeah. So I think that's it. So really, yeah, that's what's been our main uh, focus really this week. I've had a guide dog aftercare visit today. Uh, so they know all about uh, Bamba's hypothyroid condition. Uh, but, yeah, we, we've been signed off for another year, which is cool. Uh, so that's happened today. Well, basically, I unloaded the car and then did my aftercare uh, thing with Alison, mm -hmm. my guide dog instructor. Uh, and then when she'd gone, we had lunch. And then I put, uh, packed everything away, and that was it. Then and then it was tea time. Mm -hmm. So it's been a busy day. Yeah, but we've kept going. Uh, so we've it's been at, it's our we're saying to Steve it's our first day on the keto diet. Uh, so uh, we, yeah, we're just trying to you know get a bit trimmer because we have in, in all fairness we have got a very busy year next year. Mm. You know, and you know we could do with being a bit fitter and a bit healthier me certainly you know uh being a bit lighter uh, and it's just going to help my energy and all that sort of stuff so yeah the keto diet is incredible and andy hall has lost an amazing amount mm. of weight basically we're cutting out all the stodgy crap you know so we're going to be off bread wheat pasta rice cakes, cakes biscuits crisps <laughs> apparently i think as a rule of thumb if it grows above the ground it's okay yeah root vegetables and potatoes yeah uh but it's funny because wheat grows above the ground but you know that's taboo yeah you know but yeah we're cutting out all that stodge and sugar and and crud so we're going to be having healthy lean protein <coughs> and veg really that's yeah. it i'd just like to mention you do realize well go on you do you do realize chris that now you've changed your diet um it's going to be a little bit windy for a few evenings. <laughs> what do you mean? So yes, I am. I'm well, saying nothing. I am well aware of the uh, side effects of a high protein diet. I'm saying nothing. Yeah. No, Jessica. You're going to dis. You're going to be disturbing Bamba's sleep. Well, yeah, actually, you poor lads, he's a bit tired anyway, so yeah. uh, I, I better get all my pumping done tonight while he's tired. <laughs> um, I just wanted to point out I rearranged my study um, and I've got my little writing desk now behind me instead of the round table. Um, and on that is um, a Christmas... Uh, 
what do you call it? Flag thing that uh, Sally made. Oh, uh, part of the bunting. Yeah, it's like a piece of bunting, um, and it says uh, Christmas at the Fishers. Um, so Sally, Chris's cousin, makes go. <sighs> Really yeah. That's the I, BBC now. I'm so sorry about this. Yeah. All right. That's either the BBC or YouTube <laughs> or ITV or that's Lancashire. Oh, we'll prefer you on the podcast. No, I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm usually getting home by about now. So, so people will be ringing me thinking, oh, he'll be back now. I'll give him a quick ring before he oh. goes to bed. So, so I'm sorry about that. No, yeah. it's all right. Yeah. Or, don't have to apologize. Someone's well. realized they can make me phone ring <laughs> and they can hear it on YouTube. <laughs> oh dear. So, um, have we got anybody who'd like to gate crash for a few minutes before we finish? Um, if you would like to, ideally, someone who's not done it before, um, please shout up now. Yeah, ideally, ideally, someone that's not done it before, let them have a. Uh, a few minutes to have a chat with us. Come on, folks. Come on. Roll that dice. Pull the trigger. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So what are we doing this week? Um... Well, we've got uh, Charlie's got a few days off. So we've got Charlie. Yeah. Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, which is cool. Uh, Charlie's getting to come and hang out. Got yeah. to get him back for Saturday. He's got a few days off work. Uh, that's wonderful. We're going to listen to some music together. Uh, he wants to talk about aviation. He wants to talk about a possible trip to Denmark next year for a weekend mm. that we've been planning for a couple <laughs> of years. So hopefully we can get away for a weekend, Charlie and I, to Denmark. So we've got lots to talk about with Charlie. Uh, what else have we got planned? We've got a trip to the vets on Friday yeah, with Bamba. Yeah, Yeah, make sure his medication is working. Uh, and... Uh, Thursday, we've got Matthew back with us to film a video. Uh, so, yeah, we've got we've got stuff happening. We've got stuff happening. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get back in the workshop tomorrow and start faffing again and having a play. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sort of like getting to grips now, and I'm doing Instagram posts myself now. Yes. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing that I've learned, and it's not that. I mean, it's very similar to Twitter. Uh, but if I do, if I post to Instagram, this thing that Nicola's got, if this, then that, then what, what, what? If this, then that. <laughs> if this, then that. If this, then that. So I just need to post on Instagram and it gets spread out to all the other uh, feeds we've got. Yeah, well, it goes onto Twitter and Facebook, yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. So I can just post on Instagram now. Yeah. And it goes to the others. So, yeah, I'll be doing some Instagram, yeah posting tomorrow but yeah. i'll be in the workshop tomorrow uh it feels like a very chilly night tonight are we having no no gate crashes uh nobody's uh i don't think anybody said they're going to do it uh people are trying to nudge leona but i don't think she's uh when bigfoot woodcraft come on leon there come on leon there <laughs> anybody or shall we call it a night it's fine if if you want to leave it for <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry, don't worry. Uh, that's fine because, you know, uh, if you're not going to come, I will go and take B-Dog out for his uh, ablutions. ablutions, as I do after every podcast, make him go and have a tinkle. 
he'll have one now and then he'll have another one when I'm locking up at bedtime. But uh, are we going? Yeah, I think that's us done. Right, folks. Uh, Thank you so much to everybody who's been watching tonight. And our absolutely wonderful, exceptional, geeky, clever, eclectic, charming Steve 8x6. Uh, and you definitely owe me some money now. And yes, you're a smoothie, around. Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're so, a yeah. smoothie. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, it's actually great because yeah, we, uh, you know, all these shows and Steve goes. Nicholas say, "Oh, Steve's down there," and I say, "Well, you know, I'm in the middle of a demo, and it's it's a shame because I do like talking to you because you you're such uh, you know uh, an interesting guy." But it's been great. Yeah, we've got a chance to finally speak at Harrogate and have you on here as a guest. So that's enough uh, smoke getting blown up your posterior. Uh, and I don't want to go there because you're <laughs> on the as well. So, uh, right, on that note, uh, we're off. So don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Thank you so very much. We love you all very dearly. Thank you all for the support. Thanks. Yeah, thank uh, you very much. Yeah. And Thanks for watching and joining us. We really appreciate it. So, yeah, uh, until next Monday. Yeah. Ciao. Bye. 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 Bye.